on the set. Scene one, take ten, Marker. studios of the Modern School of Film. Welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, they choose where we live. Singer, songwriter, musician, father, Jose Gonzalez is with us. Welcome. Welcome back to Murmur. Robert Malazzo from the Modern School of Film here with you. Every week, don't don't fear, we're here. <laughs> MurmurRadio.com. M-U-R-M-U-R Radio.com. Social handles at MSF Murmur. That's Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can download the show, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. I love TuneIn Radio. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Uh, every week, subscribe, tell a friend. Oh, email me, murmurradio at gmail. That's one word, murmurradio at gmail. G is in George, mail.com. <laughs> We're going to break it down very simply because there's a lot to remember. Just murmurradio.com. Check us out, tell a friend. Always excited to be here with you. Hey, if I wasn't doing the show, I'd be listening because... Anyway, Murmur Radio, welcome. Today on the show, Jose Gonzalez, and this is a really, really cool moment for me, for him, more for me, (laughs) and uh, potentially for us, for you guys listening, and I'll tell you why. Today's topic is uh, an artist who is a new father or mother, in this case, father, Jose, uh, and his partner, Hanela have just uh, given birth. Well, Hanela did the birthing, but they have a new addition, a new miracle in their life. Uh, baby Laura is three months old. So that's the fact. Now, the cool geeky stuff is I've been wanting to have an artist on the show who is a new parent, but it's really super hard to get because they usually say, get out of my life until I can... I can steady my life. <laughs> then we could talk about the new edition or it's just go away. It's too private or all these other sort of uh, rebuffs, polite rebuffs. But Jose, I reached out to Jose's team about three months ago. <laughs> and I used that date very specifically because uh, his manager at the time, uh, his man- at the time, his manager, <laughs> he still has the same team. Uh, said, you know, Jose and his partner Hanela are kind of busy. They're about to have a child, so knock on our door soon. So I thought, oh, that's cool. So they're open to the idea, and lo and behold, they were. The idea of very soon within the window of the new edition talking about it, and that's rare. It's rare in 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 public private circles, and it's you know French you know come over and see the baby. You got to see the baby, right? That happens. But in terms of making things public, and speaking of making things public, I believe, listeners, this is friends, students, this is the first public um, announcement. Not that his friends and family don't know. I'm saying 
you know, this is part of the interesting bridge we're building today with Jose in that, you know, part of the the crust of this kind of talk is when when something's very private and when or some when something private happens in a public figure's life, it it is that interesting nether of well, now the fans will know, and now everyone wants to know. So you're really opening these interesting doors. When I, I find when public figures of a genre, particularly artists, let's say, for this, for all intents and purposes of this show, have very personal news. I mean, those those are really interesting floodgates that interlock. So that's something I want to talk about with Jose. But we're honored. I'm honored that this is the real point. I am honored that he would speak to me about this. I don't know him, but. I, I'm predicting a really sweet man on the other end of the microphone or his microphone in Sweden where we'll be doing this chat. I uh, I also want to talk to him about ubiquitous decision making that occurs when people have children. I don't have children. Let's get this out of the way. I don't I can't even get a date, but that's a different discussion for a different day or actually for never. I, I uh, my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law have two amazing kids and I know, you know, I teach, so I'm an uncle, which is a cool job. I also teach kids, and they're, they're always kids to me, but they're not kids. So I, I, you know, and I have friends who have children, so I understand some of the subterfuge, and, you know, I've seen a lot of movies <laughs> about it. So anyway, we have plenty to talk about, but I want to discuss it in the sense of the predominant decision-makings that happen before and after the child arrives into the physical space of the terrestrial planet we call Earth, the big blue marble. Meaning, what are the decisions that are made before the child arrives, so to say, and what are the decisions that are made in this early window? Three months, it's amazing. Again, I'm just, I'm slightly humbled. That may be redundant, but I'm humbled, beyond humbled, whatever the next stage is, floored uh, by the idea that we're gonna talk about this today with Jose because it's so new and I'm sure he's still figuring things out. So we may, we may get some live, uh, uh, a live report, literally a live report on what it's like to be a new parent. I'm amazed also by how many decisions before we arrive into the world, we as now everyone, how many decisions are made for us and some and most are are great decisions and in, in need of being made for us, obviously. Uh, dietary, uh, ling- lingual, you know, what languages will be spoken, um, the environment of the rooms, the spaces we grow up in. Speaking of the spaces we grow up in, I'm really interested in the fact that where we're born is really chosen for us. <laughs> Isn't that kind of wild when you, when you take a step back and determine that literally the place we're born. Now, yes, accidents happen and deliveries happen in unexpected places, but in sense of the the um, drop-off point <laughs> is pretty much chosen. And this isn't just about biological birth. It's also about adoption and, and being parents in that context. So that's an interesting thing because it really doesn't inflect our life. And and Jose is a really interesting man and a great artist, great singer, just an exquisite guitarist and writer. His father, uh, I think the, the family was Argentinian and fled Argentina in 1975, seven, or mid, early to mid-70s when, when the political upheavals were happening and went to Brazil traveled throughout Brazil and were f- were given refuge ultimately in Sweden. So I don't know. It's interesting. This is another part of the subterfuge or the, 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 the eye of the storm, the interesting storm we're going to conjure or that's been pre-conjured for us is that Jose lives in Sweden. He was born in Sweden. And with all due respect and, and skirting the PC of it all, a name like Jose Gonzalez, you wouldn't, you wouldn't immediately connect with Sweden, Gothenburg, Sweden. So it's interesting. I love that. I mean, my point is not to sound condescending. I think that's part of it all. His travels have brought him to Sweden through a really intricate cultural, political, familial path. And now he's going to start, he and Hanala, his partner, are going to begin that pathing for baby Laura. So I think this is part of the etymology we want to talk about. It's funny, he has a song 
Jose has a song called Every Age, and I, I am loath to quote lyrics. I think it's very boring in terms of insight. I think it's really boring. It's like quoting dialogue from a movie. Well, it's not quite, but I, I just find it boring. Anyway, uh, Every Age, the song of Jose's, and he writes, so here I am quoting the lyrics, but I, it, it didn't spark something in his thought process. It sparked something in mine. And the lyric from the song is, we don't choose where we're born. We don't choose in what pocket or form, but we can learn to know ourselves on this globe in the void. And I want to fixate on those the first parts of that, those lyrics. We don't choose where we're born. We don't choose in what pocket or form. I'm not here to call him a hypocrite, but it is interesting. And, and his meaning rings very clearly. And I don't think, you know, we, we can debate it, but I do think we can look at the the uh, contradiction of it. We 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 don't choose where we're born, but someone does. Parents do. So there's a lot of there's a lot of basic decisions that aren't so basic. Well, they are basic, but they're delicate and they're important in this early window. What you know, from dietary to habitual to sleeping to all to environmental to cribs to prams. I, I find all that stuff really interesting. I haven't had to go through it, so I have a very privileged point of view. I'm like the backup quarterback. Everyone loves the backup quarterback, right? But I, I want to look at it today through the eyes of an artist. Now, th- this could be a very anticlimactic show, and hopefully it will be, because hopefully the decisions will be no different. But there are some really interesting decisions, and there are also interesting decisions because he's a musician, because when I think of babies and I think of the 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 fragility of time and space in, in stages, I do think of sound. And as Jose is a musician, I wonder about sound in the house, <laughs> you know, what sounds she's responding to. To sum up, <laughs> fair listener, I, I am um, I'm a little giddy with the intro today because I, I just I feel like a uh, intruder, <laughs> you know, and maybe I always am. Maybe this maybe every week we do try to intrude on something, but we're intruding in a new space now, a new personal space of intimacy and to rebury the buried lead or unbury the the lead, I'm humbled and I'm excited. And he, Jose is someone we could talk to about so many different things, but to talk to him today about him being a new parent, hopefully this will ring true and, and resonant. And again, you know, that's it. How much of it is is uh, retreading, relitigating? How much of it is unique? You know, babies... Are, there are certain things in our life that are common denominators. You know, it's like health is a common denominator. Money can be an uncommon common denominator. But, you know, the most rowdy of chap is brought to his or her uh, emotional knees in the, in the presence of their own child, I would imagine. I would hope. Today on the show, Jose Gonzalez. Now this. to bed you know you're not supposed to be up and around is the mother uh, rosemary shut up rosemary. shut up you're in dubrovnik i don't hear you what have you done to it what have you done to its eyes he has his father's eyes what are you talking about guys eyes are normal what have you done to him you Satan is his father, not Guy. He came up from hell and begat a son of mortal woman. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Satan is his father, and his name is Adrian. He shall overthrow the mighty and lay waste their temples. He shall redeem the despised and wreak vengeance in the name of the burned and the tortured. Hail Adrian! 
Adrian Haley, Satan Haley. He chose you out of all the world, out of all the women, the whole world. He chose you. He arranged things because he wanted you to be the mother of his only living son. His power is stronger than stronger. His might shall last longer than longer. Yes, Satan. No. Why don't you help us out, Rosemary? Be a real mother to Adrian. You don't have to join if you don't want to. Just be a mother to your baby. Minnie and Laura Louise are too old. It's not right. Think about it, Rosemary. Oh, God. Oh, shut up with your old gods, or we'll kill your milk and no milk. You shut up. Rosemary's his mother. Show some respect. Get away from here. Roman. You're rocking him too fast. Sit down. Get her out of here. Put her where she belongs. You're rocking him too fast. That's why he's crying. Don't mind your own business. Let Rosemary rock him. Go on, sit down with the others. Let Rosemary rock him. Well, she's liable to... Sit down with the others, Laura Louise. Rock him. You're trying to get me to be his mother. Aren't you his mother? Three is a magic number Yes it is It's a magic number Somewhere in the ancient mystic trinity You get three As a magic number The past and the present and the future Faith and hope and charity The heart and the brain and the body Give you three As a magic number it takes three legs to make a tripod or to make a table stand It takes three wheels to make a vehicle called a tricycle Every triangle has three corners, every triangle has three sides No more, no less, you don't have to guess When it's three, you can see it's a magic number A man and a woman had a little baby Yes, they did they had three in the family That's a magic number That's a magic number A man and a woman had a little baby Yes, they did They had three in the family That's a magic number Butting into the personal lives of our guests is neither my desire, nor my want, nor my style. However, ironically, when <laughs> the direct center of the lesson for today is the personal life of an artist, an itinerant artist, you know, I've always been interested in when artists decide to or not decide, but when it happens that they have a child, like a newborn, what goes into that? It may not be very different from other vocations, but I think being a, a natural artistic wanderer has its advantages and disadvantages. We have a minstrel today of the highest order. Um, he's probably relieved that we're not going to talk about heartbeats for the thousandth time. However, ironically, we are because he has a new heartbeat. He and his partner welcomed in a beautiful baby earlier this year, baby Laura, baby Laura, in October. So we're honored and flattered that he would uh, open up up his uh, life in this way to us today. Please welcome to Murmur, Mr. Jose Gonzalez. Jose, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> hey, man, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Are you sick of hearing yeah. that, or is yeah. that still... No, no. I, she's, she's actually with me just about to fall asleep, so if we hear something, it's it's her. She's uh, three and a half months, and yeah, she's just a, a beauty. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. They say 
some karma was at play when when uh, when you have girls they say you either did something bad in a previous life to deserve <laughs> raising a beautiful girl meeting you know they always say they say in america athletes have girls because all all of the girls they've treated poorly <laughs> something i should know about you having a girl <laughs> not sure i, I think uh, genetics uh, in sweden we believe in genetics so <laughs> america is slowly coming on to science oh we're yeah s- oh. <laughs> we're slowly discovering science it may not appear that way but we slowly are. Yeah. You know, the real question is, is everyone healthy? How is mom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, a, what do you say, a, a long labor that ended up in a cesarean. So, so yeah, now three months later, she's actually good. But it, it was, it took hard on, on her. Hanele is my partner's name. Uh, so for her, it was a bit of a, you know, a long ride. Plus, uh, she was pregnant with uh, another kid first that uh, ended up in a what do you say, premature abortion. So, so yeah, it's been a very long ride, about two years. And, and now she's able to, you know, run and pick up heavy, heavy stuff. <laughs> so yeah, back on track. And Laura, she's, uh, she's great. She's uh, just, you know, she's actually pretty calm. And she laughed, she started to laugh in a more like a baby type of way today. So. That's, that's, a, that's amazing. Cool. Right? Yeah. I'm like smiling. <laughs> Part of this is beyond intellect and beyond emotion. I mean, I'm imagining yeah. you're feeling emotions. You weren't in touch with this is a really awful example indulge me but when i got a dog i i started to think of i heard somebody yeah i i I started to think of love in a different way when i when Mm. i got a pet actually um has the first stages of the birth or and now she's in the world has have you felt new emotions is that is that too poetic to ask Uh, no not at all um yeah yeah so for me it's it's something that that i heard from friends and and family when, when they got kids and uh, when they've been telling me about it, it, it's been like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. But then once she was there, I, I just started crying. And and now it's like, you know, I'm, I haven't been out on tour that much at all. So, so I'm, you know, being home, just looking to her eyes. It's, uh, yeah, it's really like uh, a new type of uh, palette of feelings. <laughs> I guess the cliche here is, have you been moved to write journalistically oh. or songs? Yeah. Have you been moved because of these new impulses? Have you been moved to write recently? Yeah, so what's happened is I've been home and sort of singing to her. And I really enjoy just making up new melodies and, and like funny, rhyming, nonsensical lyrics. So I've been doing that every day. So it's not about writing songs for myself, but but it is in a creative mode. And uh, so I actually took use of that. Uh, I was asked by... Uh, DJ Kose, a, a German um, musician and DJ, he was putting together an album and he he asked me for uh, for some lyrics and vocals and I usually say no, especially when it's like a short notice. Yeah. But uh, I I just felt like I was in a <laughs> in a creative mode, so I just did some lyrics that were you know about titties and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and honey and and nose and <laughs> a bit of a nonsensical but funny and and sort of sweet lyrics it's kind of beautifully primitive yeah that's how it felt to me yeah just like primitive and and simple i i hope we're not distracting you guys too much um it's funny you know a lot of times i'll have guests on with newborns and even if the subject isn't the newborn we have to keep quiet or you know it's it's it becomes a different uh vibration in your life yeah obviously yeah yeah. (laughs) no definitely and a man of sound can we look at it cynically for a second have you been have you modulated your sounds have you modulated the sounds of the house you know you sound like a a beautifully soft-spoken eloquent man but have you had to modulate the the environment since and before the birth yeah it's been mainly aesthetically with uh with like uh, cushions and and uh stuff to look at mainly but uh, sonically, uh, I guess, uh, uh, yeah, just finding the spots where she's uh, uh, feeling calm. And there are some spots where, where she gets uh, calm. And, and when, when we sing for her, she, she, gets, she gets interested right away. <laughs> so it's uh, sort of, a, yeah, more like, uh, let me just hand over her to, to her mom. Don't yeah. ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Are, are you duct taping the baby's mouth? Close. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was wearing uh, one of those. Uh, I'm not sure what it's called in English. Like a carrier. Oh, okay. Like like a like a papoose, something you, to hold the baby close to you. Yeah, yeah. 
like a backpack but on your front right well pardon me i'm not i'm not well versed i mean yeah that sounds right to me yeah. i'm sure there's a scientific name for it but but yeah i was gonna i was gonna mention she she reacts to to sounds in a in a way that was a bit unexpected to us mm. like drill sounds or like uh, music that is um, very sort of noisy mm-hmm that she didn't mind at all so it's mainly about contrast so if it's quiet then any anything that comes out will catch her attention and and if everything is loud it really doesn't matter what type of sound it's only later that they start to associate kurt cobain would have loved her you know that high low sound (laughs) yeah exactly do you think Mm -hmm. your instrument as a musician has made you uh, uniquely sensitive to her? I mean, that's I'm not trying to exclude people who aren't musicians, but do you think there's something now at work here with how you respond to her, how you listen to her, or is it all instinct right now? Yeah, I guess it's a combination of instincts and just watching her face, how she reacts in, in really like milliseconds. To, to different things and um, and then also I'm I'm a bit of a geek so I'm I like reading about <laughs> developmental psychology so so yeah a combination of everything we're also a PhD yeah. well you had, you were doing a thesis of um, yeah. DNA and, and molecular biology is that uh, yeah. so w- was that peaked during this time you know everything from looking at a ultrasound to you know feeling skin and bodies and not to dehumanize yeah. this completely it did peak during the the pregnancy uh, especially with you know all the smells and how, how um, Hanale got super sensitive to to different smells and then hearing about how our bodies create new receptors basically and and just thinking about the evolutionary reasons for all these uh, transformations that happen to the body of the mom and and then of course when when the baby comes out everything that's happened from you know from two cells and and upward <laughs> L- let me let me clarify because you know I'm American sure. and I need labels um, yeah. <laughs> it's Hanale Hanale yeah. as your partner sorry your whole family has beautiful names yeah. and I'm just destroying them uh, her name is is a typical Finnish name that comes from her, her mom's uh, family it's beautiful um and I'm going to yeah. do this on a level of su- my own science correct yeah. it and uh, this is not meant in some Swedish judgmental way you you're not you you two are not married correct uh, no so when in, in Sweden they uh, we're Sambu, which means we live together. That's a, sort of like the okay, legal... Got, got yeah. you. And, and I'm actually arriving at a, a kind of artistic point here because I was thinking... Yeah. Lee yeah. Volman spoke you know, about uh, when scenes from a marriage plays uh, in Sweden, when it first played in Stockholm and Sweden, the streets yeah. were empty because everyone was mm-hmm. glued to their television set watching it as yeah. it <laughs> ushered in this new vocabulary of domesticity. So it made me wonder, hmm. what was the social thought process when... Babe, when the baby news happened, and this triggers into the pre-question is, mm-hmm. and I, I have to be personal today, and I apologize. Yeah, no, it's was okay. this an unexpected occurrence? Was it a planned? Let's have let's have a child. And what was the kind of? Were there any social phobia saying, "Oh, what are people going to think if we're not married?" I mean, all mm-hmm. those uh, those little triggers yeah. before no, no, deciding, no. Yeah. and was it decided and, and with a communal response to not being married and having having a child? I sort of made up my mind that I was okay with zero, one or two children. Uh, And I've been in long-term relationships that uh, all of them have lasted about five years. And uh, me and Hannah were actually reaching our four or five years. And she was really determined from day one to to have one child (laughs) and no more. (laughs) So so in my mind, I've, I've been sort of feeling like okay that's that's what she wants and it's within my my range <laughs> you know between zero and two the first couple of years i felt like yeah let's leave that for later like so hannah was uh, studying and then she started working at this brand and doing designs and uh, so it sort of felt better and better like okay now it's starting to feel like a good time but but it, it felt like it was mainly her her choice and i've been sort of supporting her while having my own sort of ideas of what I want with life. So marriage wasn't actually a, an issue during the whole time. And, and uh, I guess it has to do a bit with the my worldview. Being non-believer, uh, I feel like it's more important how each person feels and not so much about the, the views from the community. And, uh, and uh, if you look at history, it's there's been many reasons to, to get married. And uh, going from religious reasons to 
to economic reasons. And uh, both me and Hannah are really into the emancipation of of, uh, of women. And and there is some weird incentives that that are there. Uh, lurking, <laughs> lurking around. If the reason to get married is to share an economy, I think one of one of the interesting things in Sweden is the, how many people get married, but then uh, you know go apart, and and so a lot of kids grow up with with four different parents, and it's very common. And uh, I think these are like um, interesting times where where you can think more about the the personal well being. In, in the short run and the long run. Now it's more like an issue because we want a p- party at some point. <laughs> you want a, a, an even football match. Yeah. <laughs> just had a nightmare yeah. about having four parents, but that's a different episode for a different day. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It is funny. Sorry, I won't burden you with that, but it, it is funny. Um, do you feel there's there's a functional, there were functional decisions in you both not getting married? Not to stay on this marriage topic, no, but no. I'm just curious about that. No, I, I think it's super interesting because I, it, it, um so for me, it would be like the the only reason to get married would be from a like a social ritual type of mm-hmm. reason. So I've been, of course, like wondering, wondered what type of functions uh, these uh, social rituals have had in in the past. Mm. And uh, I think back in the days, uh, it was an interesting, like a, a functional way to to combine the the two families and and also make sure that female wasn't gonna have kids with someone unexpected uh, but i think uh, many things have changed since contraception uh, i think with the emancipation of women we we have the opportunity to rethink these uh, rituals mm. uh, I'm, I'm into the idea of having a social ritual mainly to just get people together in a room and and get drunk and uh, <laughs> and 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 let us get uh, you know dressed up in nice clothes this is uh you know nearly paganism now we're talking my language uh, we're speaking with Jose Gonzalez what's interesting though actually and it goes back to you being an artist you are a global figure your decisions go beyond your immediate community have mm-hmm. you gotten any pushback from having the child better or for or do, do your fans know that you you're uh, you're now a father and have you gotten any uh, has there been any sort of spanish inquisition <laughs> about your morality <laughs> as it pertains to having a baby out of wedlock actually i haven't been that uh official with it so i my artist uh, instagram is all just me traveling or playing guitar uh, so so i guess this is one of the more official <laughs> moments uh, so, so I haven't had any reactions actually from from my fans, but I think many fans, that especially the ones that follow me on Twitter, know that I'm a pretty outspoken uh, atheist. And uh, so as an atheist, I'm I'm also, of course, uh, someone who might not <laughs> take uh, the re- religious reasons to get married that that <laughs> in a in a hard way. You know, I, I live my life as I feel. And and uh, it, it become I become aware of the the social signaling that I'm sort of involved in, and uh, and I, I think in a way it's um, it's part of our times to to promote uh, some some ways of living that that might you know might be good in the long run and maybe fight back on some of the more uh, overly con- conservative ideas that are out there. It is interesting. It's that idea of artists and public figures. Are they de facto models, yeah, whether yeah. they like it or not? I wanted to, it's funny about parenting. We're speaking with Jose Gonzalez, my niece and nephew, beautiful, amazing, adopted kids. And when my brother and sister-in-law were going through the process, I believe they had someone from the adoption agency come over and ask them questions. Uh, I asked my brother, what was one of the hardest questions? He said, you know, the hardest question or the most intriguing Mm. question was the officer asked, the official asked, what kind of parents do you want to be? And it's sort of a fundamental question, right? And my brother asked, well, why do you want to know that? And the the agent of of the office said, if you don't decide what kind of parents you're going to be, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be just like your parents. Now, there's nothing wrong with that being just like your mm-hmm. parents. But it's interesting that the suggestion is people need to decide what kind of parents they need to be. A, would you be, do you agree with that? And B, 
have you been decide mm. how much of that is being decided and and it it does have to do mm. with religion it does have to do with language you know you you speak mm. multiple languages and beautifully so in terms mm. of before we get to the decisions have you been in touch with oh we need to actually have a philosophy of parenting here yeah so i think we talked about it a bit uh, about you know certain details i actually think it's uh, y- you don't end up as your parents just by just automatically i think every person is so ingrained in their culture and their peers so it's uh, i would say it's not only genetically or it's not only we're not only uh, affected by our genes and our upbringing we're affected by so much more i mean we we did think think about it some and and also there are some really nice uh, books that introduce you to parenthood that they actually give you in, in Sweden that are based on common language, uh, common knowledge and, and some science too. Is there a book that you would, that really uh, leapt out at you? I'm guessing you're still steeped in the literature yeah. of it, but what books <laughs> have helped you just to throw out a suggestion? There's one by a, a woman uh, from, from here in Gothenburg, Sweden, Practical Stuff for Parents. So it's basically a, a myth buster type of <laughs> book. And uh, her, her issue is that every parent gets so many suggestions from everyone around in their surroundings and magazines and TV and, and now also, you know, Facebook, that uh, she, she felt it was very important to, to try to, you know, lo- loosen up a bit, especially the, the, the moms and how they get stressed up by everything they should and shouldn't do. Uh, so, so she talks about issues about then how to how to live to try to avoid allergies and uh, how we used to live uh, in touch with nature and and filth basically and and uh, so allergies like a modern problem because we we live with with less exposure to to allergens basically so that's a really good one her her name is Agnes Vold that segues a little bit into decision making start with you know in America this is a hot button issue. It's a very divisive issue, this idea of vaccinating children. Mm, yeah. Is it an issue in Sweden? What is the popular wisdom and what have you decided, if you if you don't mind? It has spread, I guess, from US to here too. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess alternative facts and, and these like information bubbles affect the whole world, basically. And people find whatever they want to find on the web. I heard a rumor about that, that the web yeah. <laughs> will give you what you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the science is pretty clear on that, on, you know, vaccines. And of course, you have to talk about specific vaccines. But but the main issues is that uh, we're starting to see some epidemics that are caused by educated people that are information resistant so that they decide not to uh, not to vaccine the, their children. And, and then we, we lose the ability to have a herd immunity. immunity. Some people in the Western world get have gotten spoiled with with living without diseases and have have become the uh, felt that uh, taking vaccines is um, is like a conspirational thing that yeah well some some do uh, to to make money. Do you think it's a dangerous debate? What do you mean a dangerous debate? Is it- you know we can have. Um, reasoned, nuanced differences of opinion as people. Mm. But I found mm. in this issue, people there's no middle ground for people. People who believe that vaccinations mm. are necessary think everyone mm. else is literally batshit crazy. Do you? And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just saying. No, no, no. Do you think it's a healthy debate to have about to vaccinate children, or do you think this is actually a dangerous debate? There is one. There is one health uh, healthy path and there's one exceedingly unhealthy path uh, debates are great i'm always for debates <laughs> the i think there are very few topics where i would say a debate is unhealthy so if anyone has questions i think it's always good to try to find solid information but i guess that's where the issue comes in where where do you find your your experts where do you find your information well for um, me it's fox news and donald trump is that a problem I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have mentioned that in my yeah. first email inviting you. Well, not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, no, but yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you and I but, debate the existence mm, of God, mm. no one per se is going to die 
based mm. on that's not true because obviously religion leads to death but what i'm saying is mm. the proof that ends the debate will not lead in death or mm. illness no but vaccination mm. to me is biological and health based so i mm. think dialogue should lead to more dialogue but this is a, this is a sophisticated one i, I think uh, there's a you know underlying issue that has to do with tribalism <laughs> and we're very good at, at, at drawing a line in the sand and you know over there are the anti-vaxxers and here are the pro-vaxxers right now let's fight and uh, so so i think you know one has to go down to the details and of course there's uh, you know there's been vaccines that haven't been effective or or, or healthy even so so i think in a way in sweden we're we're a bit um, spoiled because um, apparently we, we seem to um, have, uh, what do you say, we have good, we think that our governments are pretty nice. We don't have <laughs> a word for that because we uh, don't, I don't know what that uh, feels like, but yes. <laughs> Speaking with Jose Gonzalez, in our in our sort of second uh, half on, on this talk about being a parent, I, I want to go down a few of these the other decisions, uh, decision makings that you and Hanale have engaged in. I only say that because you, your history is fascinating, man. And, and I guess let's start with mm-hmm. language. You know, and, and it's it's funny, you know, for people who, who don't know you personally, they may not know you even live in Sweden. So you're a kind of wonderful uh, uh, amalgamation. Have you and Hanale talked about language and dialect? So, so yeah, from the start, we, we decided that we're gonna she's gonna speak swedish and i'm gonna speak spanish but the my problem is that i i grew up in sweden and swedish is my first language and the spanish i have has an accent from the area of um, mendoza in argentina but from the 70s (laughs) so so i lack a lot of vocabulary because i don't speak spanish that often i speak with my with my family but yeah it's mainly swedish and, and and english i guess with with all the podcasts I listen to and, and with the touring. Uh, so it feels a bit awkward, but um, uh, I'm really pushing myself because I know how, how, how good it is for, for a kid to get exposed to, to languages and especially from, from her parents. Let's yeah. call me Uncle Rob. Do you want Uncle Rob to teach her English? Because yeah. um, <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds funny. Embedded in that statement is, is, is there too much? And mm. I, I always think about yeah. this, you know, it's so hard to be a, a kid now. In the sense yeah. of compared to you and I, old men, mm. stimulation systems are myriad, they're endless. The expectations mm. are uh, beyond, off the charts. I mean, have you mm. thought of what thoughtful limits are you suspecting you may need to place, you know, in the sense of what, what do you feel you may want to uh, shield her from? Has that come up or is it more about yeah. intake yeah. than exclusion? We, we haven't talked about it too much but but uh but we do think about uh, letting her show interest in things and of, of course exposing her to stuff but but not in a forceful way so so i mean for me being a musician i i feel like um i started playing when i was 14 mm. uh, if you sort of follow on on impulses and then sort of help them find their passions i, I think that's more important than try to decide what they should learn or, or do in life. But yeah, in terms of exposing too much, I, I think, yeah. yeah we're, I've heard about parents that try to avoid too much screen time. I think that sounds uh, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> the other part, and it, it, it doesn't just come up because of your own uh, belie- religious beliefs, but religion in the sense of religious choices for a child, I find this real one really interesting. And, and bear with me for a second. You know, I, I'm finding yeah. in America a lot of young parents are saying, well, I don't believe, but I'm going to teach them, you know, to give them structure or to give them a frame of reference or it's for my gr- for our parents so the grandparents aren't upset. And to me, and it's pri- it's a privileged view because I don't have children, I, I, all those reasons fall really short for me. Now, you're, you've been outspoken about your atheistic beliefs. What about religion for her in the sense of even if one doesn't believe? Because, you know, your child is going to go to a school, presumably, where 80, 60 to 80 percent of the children are going to be talking about God and First Communion and this religious right and this religious right. Have you delayed those thoughts? <laughs> Have you and Hanala, are you waiting for that day? Or where do you stand on introducing religion to your beautiful young baby. 
Yeah, tomorrow we're going to teach her Judaism, <laughs> Hinduism. <And> Islam. <laughs> Let her decide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Parents say, well, they'll decide. No, you can't introduce it and say, you'll decide. I, I find that to be oxymoronic. I've heard many people suggest this, that you, you teach uh, religion as any other set of ideas or ideologies uh, as part of history. Many people have thought about this. These are ideas that have been around during this time, they came around about this time, and they're still being around in these parts of the world. And and you teach them as a history of ideas, basically. So you don't lead with the cynicism, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's going to be the, the natural way to, to present things. Um, also, with in terms of how we like to treat or not treat animals, that's another issue. That Like, how, how do you raise your child? Do you never serve cheese or... That's a hard one because it's so good. But <laughs> are, are you are you vegan? No, I'm no, I'm not. And I'm, I'm um, I, I I like to tweet a lot about uh, new fake meats, and I'm I'm eagerly awaiting the the first cow-free milk so we can have, you know, cow-free uh, cheeses. But uh, but uh, no, I'm I'm so so usually I I say that I'm I'm concerned about animal welfare, but uh, but I'm not a strict uh, vegetarian. I'm. I'm more like a flex, uh, like a pescatarian. Uh, uh, consciousness is one of my favorite topics, and I think the jury is out on in terms of, you know, consciousness in general, and then also about the inner life of different types of animals. And and if she believes in everything in a polar opposite view, you're going to be cool. With exactly. That. I mean, uh, so um, so even me and Hanela have different ideas about ghosts basically uh, so if there's a weird noise in in the night i jokingly say that oh that must have been a ghost and she oh where where <laughs> so she she accuses me of being a, a very cold scientist minded <laughs> curly haired dude and i and i jokingly tell her that she needs to sort out her issues before Laura starts to understand right. what we're talking about. You better about. get to therapy before she can... Uh, teasing. So, teasing. so it's it's fun. I, I think there, as uh, you were talking about earlier, there are issues that are, you know, they're neutral. So that's where I, I feel like I'm, uh, I have different levels of conversation. One is by the fire and out in the woods and you're talking about the, the existence and your place in, in the cosmos. And another one is on Twitter with, uh, you know, someone in Iran takes off her hijab and, and waves it and all of a sudden she's gone, you know. So, that, I mean, that's tied to to a culture that's very tied with with religion and what you should show as a woman or, a woman or not. So, so I think there are issues that are, you know, I love her and uh, whatever Laura comes up with, I'm sure I love her uh, unless she becomes a mass shooter <laughs> it's that decision you know when to lead and when to follow and yeah. i think that's the parents uh philosophical guide you know when do i you know mm. you want to lead with your child maybe on an issue of vaccination because that's something that is it's closer to a, a solid color than a than a transitional color but then there are things like religion where she may find her way in a different way than you have so it's it's a beautifully nuanced welcome to parenting um <laughs> thanks final question for jose gonzalez he's been so generous with his time you know you, you talk i want to end the end beat is on your music a little bit but in a different way you know you have uh, i love your music that's burying the lead but um stroke one stroke two is you know this i was listening this morning to every age um a song a beautiful song of yours um and the lyrics very pointedly said you know we, we don't choose where we're born we don't choose in what pocket or form but we can learn to know ourselves it's funny about this idea we don't choose where we're born but Riddle me this: You've chosen where your daughter's been born. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair to say, and it's also fair to say that she didn't choose. <laughs> right. Well, that's why I say the <laughs> lyric makes sense. We don't choose, but others, <laughs> others choose. Did you think about that before we have a child? What are we bringing her into? That sounds like a very cliche. This is a big philosophical question, but you're no, no. a man who's not short on large philosophical questions, and that's what I've loved about chatting with you today. Yeah. Do you have you ever sat down and thought what world are we bringing Laura into? So, so yeah, I've thought about it, and and. Uh... We, we're part of the biological 
organisms that that are that have the drive to to um, to copy ourselves, or basically our our genes want <laughs> uh, have evolved to build us as vessels for for them to copy themselves. And uh, so I heard people talk about us us as hum smart humans uh, rebelling against our genes, uh, which I found uh, interesting. <laughs> And, and compelling, actually. But, but uh, yeah, I also heard the sort of environmentalist uh, type of issue where, like, if you try to <laughs> lower your carbon footprint, uh, yeah, you can choose not to eat the steak, you can choose not to travel to Thailand. But if you choose not to have a child, then you're a superhero <laughs> because that footprint is, is huge, especially if you count many generations forward. Uh, until we get to you know a green energy type of society so uh, so i thought about it too and i, I don't find it compelling because uh, i mean for many reasons if we have children then they will you know carry the torch of <laughs> of humanity and uh, and hopefully you know make the world a better place for for other generations and maybe for other types of organisms around here and yeah so i think that's you know goal worth uh, striving for what's amazing about are speaking with you and listening to you today, you are the quintessential left-right brain, you know, in the sense of your thoughts are a beautiful, talk about progeny, a progeny of both of your lobes or your all of your mental lobes because I, I love the balance, you know, and, and it's not just the, the Swede in you that is finding a balanced thought. I think, and if Hanalah, I'm sure, is very similar, if not identical, the balance you exhibit in your philosophies and your approaches is inspiring. The last question, a lot of times a love song, you know, a love song, an open-ended love song about I love you or I'm meeting you for the first time, we can look at them as expressions of intimate love, romantic love, but also there's the love of that you're feeling, <laughs> you know, as you've had Lara in your life now, have you heard your songs differently? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's um, so there's one song that I wrote with uh, with Junip, a song called "Suddenly." Um, so that that one really, it's um, you know, it's almost like a tool that that um, once once that she was here in. I felt like that song was for her the whole time. <laughs> so it is a song about suddenly falling in love. In a long cold winter Didn't think I would come through Found myself in deep Suddenly So that, that one really changed for me. I decided that I picked out my guitar and I, I was going to play for her the first time. Uh, she was tiny and, and uh, I, I picked out the guitar and I've been looking forward for, for this moment. Like, yeah, I'm going to play music for my child and make her used to the sound of, of the guitar and my singing. So, <laughs> so I sat down, pulled out my guitar and started tuning. And I, I was tuning a bit too too much so she started crying <laughs> so the, the very first impression was like yeah yeah just no this is well nice. <laughs> you know ki kids are but the since then, <laughs> kids are the best audience because they're gonna tell you yeah that. yeah yeah we don't like this tuning stuff but, uh, but dad yeah, come then, on not yeah, heartbeats yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> i uh, i just did uh, my first uh, solo shows since uh, she came and uh, went to istanbul and and when i was rehearsing before the, those those shows uh, she would I would take you know, 
sit her down and, and just play through the set. And yeah, it was really, really fun to just see her reactions. But uh, but I think, as I said before, it's like her reactions are, yeah, it's not so much if it sounds perfect. It's it's more of, of the contrasts, I think. I'm guessing, but yeah. So, <laughs> but but now uh, there's there's so many si- so many songs and so much singing that, uh, so it's not so much my it's not so much my guitar and vocals. It's more about coming up with melodies when we're changing diapers. <laughs> I, I I see a, an album cover coming on of just a, a diaper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next Jose Gonzalez record. And the last last question is: your your dad was a singer at some point, mm-hmm. right, in his trajectory, yeah. and thinking also about your first record and you were in your thesis time and you 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 delayed your thesis to tend to the record and i guess all this ends up in maybe she'll become a musician or an artist and being in that foxhole what guidance would you give her yeah i uh, you know whatever she finds uh, happiness in I, I think following your passion is super important and uh, not only for kids but for us me as a 40 year old it's also i think something that one should do once in a while just take a break and try to figure out what what you like and don't like and what do you find interesting and not interesting and what makes sense in the long run and of course for her too so so um but right now it's a struggle like i'm trying to make her a musician and hannah is trying to make her a designer so we'll see who wins <laughs> <laughs> whichever pays better that'll break yeah, exactly. the tie well you know the cliche question about your body of work a, a young body of work it's funny for such an accomplished guy you know i think the best is yet to come but people often will ask you i've read uh, is your music hopeful or is it melancholic and hmm. I, th- I find the question boring but i actually have the answer the answer is yeah hopeful because it does, rela- it does connect back to our question, bringing a child into a world. To me, you and Hanela have offered the greatest symbol of optimism and hope in a child. And I don't know if, if that connects with you, yeah, but yeah. I think you just broke the tie. So the mystery <laughs> thrived on, Jose. The mystery that, it, that, it, that it annoyed your listeners and your fans, you unfortunately have no more mystery because you are a hopeful dude. Do you can we put this to bed now? You are a hopeful artist. Yes, yes. I'm a hopeful dude. <laughs> hey man, um, I couldn't wish you and Hanela and and Lara and whoever is version 2.0 all the best health and happiness. You sound like an exquisite tour guide, as does Hanela. And I, if I can ever be of service in this part of the world, please let me know. Yeah, thank you. We'll. we'll um teach her some English with, with you. <laughs> Uncle Rob, <laughs> sounds good. When you hit the States, maybe we can do this in person one day. Uh, otherwise, um, t- take care, man. I feel like I could have spoken to you for about four hours. So Yeah, I felt so too. So, so I look forward to more. To, to be continued. All, all best to you and, and hopefully we'll catch you on the road. Uh, take care, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure talking and yeah, take care. Thank you so much. Ciao. Bye. One night to be confused One night to speed up truth We had a promise made For Hanson and Owen Both under influence We had divine sent To know what to say Mind is a race of blame To call for Hanson above To lean on Wouldn't be good enough For me One night of magic rush, the start a simple touch. One night to push and scream, and then relief. Ten days of perfect tunes, the colors red and blue. We had a promise made, we were in love. To call for hands of above, to lean on. Wouldn't be good enough for me now to cover hands above to lean on wouldn't be good enough and you you knew the hand of a devil and you 
kept us awake with wolf's tears, sharing different heartbeats. And one night, took off her hands above to lean on, wouldn't be good enough for me now to cover her hands above. Okay, so you knew that I was going to find a placement for heartbeats in this episode. You knew. You didn't know if it was going to be in the front. You didn't know if it was going to be in the middle. It's in the back. It was. You had a 33% chance of getting it right. And you know what? Sorry, not sorry. I love that song. I, I love the original, the Swedish group. Ironically, the Swedish group, The Knife, did the original. But Jose's version just absolutely devastates me and destroys me. And I'm happy to be so devastated and destroyed. And uh, so I can be rebirthed. (laughs) Speaking of birth, um, I want to thank Jose Gonzalez for being here with us today. We want to thank baby Lara for being with us today. So cool to hear from her. And even though Hanala, Lara's mother, wasn't with us physically or verbally, I know she was with us in spirit. And what a honor to be let into their lives today. What an honor to lift the curtain for you guys every week. Just a little peek behind the curtain into the bassinet of life. MurmurRadio.com Oh, P.S. I think I'm going to have a nightmare tonight about having four parents. See ya. <laughs>